Thanks, Glenn, and good morning, fellowship. Happy New Year. Anybody party last night? Come on now. Yeah. All depends on what do you mean by party. Okay. So good to see. Anybody watching football? No, I don't need that thing. Anybody watching the football? Anybody mourning? Yeah, we have some members who are from a state in the Midwest that Ooh, ouch. Mm. Yeah, I just turned the service upside down, didn't I? Yeah. Well, it's so good to see you here this morning. It's so good to step into 2017, uh, a new year. Uh, someone said to me uh, earlier this morning uh, uh, that I said, Happy New Year to them. Uh, and uh, they said, Well, the older I get, it seems like they, these new years keep coming faster and faster. I said, Yeah, yeah, look like warp speed. But thank God we're here. Amen. We're vertical, uh, we're above the sod, right? No worms on us, nothing growing out of us, uh, I don't think. And uh, so we are, we, we are here, and isn't that a blessing? That's right, it is. I'm going to do something just a little bit different this morning. I'd like for us, and uh, um, if you're not used to praying in a group, please don't feel like you have to pray out loud or whatever, but I just feel led to do this. I'd like for us to turn to our neighbors, people around us, and let's just spend a few minutes thanking God that he saw us through 2016 and then praying for one another. You don't have to give a prayer request or this kind of thing. Just pray Pray that God's favor will be on the person that you're praying for, that they will know the strength and the love and the power of God this year in 2017 as never before. Okay, let's just do do that. Take a few minutes to do that. And again, if you're not used to doing that, you don't have to pray out loud. Holy Father, we just can't help but praise you for what you've done. In fact, as I've as I stand here listening to uh, the muffled voices of your people praying, I, I'm reminded of that line from that great hymn that through many dangers, toils, and snares we have already come. His grace has led us safe this far, and grace will see us home. And thank you for the grace of God that's been on our lives. When we look back and we think about all that we've been through and um, many of us have had uh, challenges and adversities and, ch- and trials and losses and uh, woke up many days wondering how we're going to make it. And yet here we are, by your grace, by your strength. And we want to say thank you, Jesus. Thank you for what you've done. Thank you for your mercy in our lives. Lord, thank you, oh God, that we're here and there's still hope in our hearts and faith to believe you and trust you. And Lord Jesus, we uh, ask of you that as we step into 2017, that you'll help our hearts to be where they need to be, that we'll be solely centered on you, focused on the Lord Jesus, and uh, asking ourselves a question every morning when we get up, God, what is it that you want to do in and through me today, and help me to align my life to where you're taking me? And may we take every burden, every problem, every challenge, every heartache, every success, every opportunity, every blessing, and may we place it at your feet and ask you to continue to uh, weave the tapestry of your plan and purposes for our lives. We love you, Lord God, and thank you for the grace and goodness of God that's been over us. 
We just can't thank you enough in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to finish, spend a few moments today, just a very brief few moments, and I want to talk about looking back to move forward. Looking back to move forward. Have you ever thought about the relationship between memory and confidence? In fact, I'll be so bold to say, I don't think you can have confidence without having a good memory. There's no such thing as confidence without memory. You have to remember where you came from. It, 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 you know, people use the term, it, it grounds you. It, it gives you a sense of, 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 of a foundation. It helps you to greet the possibilities of the future with a sense of gratitude and humility. You know where you've been. You remember where you came from. And I'm, I'm, I'm of the opinion, I used to not say this, but I'm of the opinion, I share this with younger leaders all the time, that you need to remember more your failures than you do your successes. You need to remember your trials more than you do your triumphs. Because it's in remembering the pain and the suffering of the pilgrimage that you see where God met you. I'll never forget my mother saying to this, uh, this to me in my freshman year of college. I, uh, I, uh, uh, I was elected uh, president of my, of my freshman class, and I was excited. And, I, and I, so I, I, I came home one week, and I was sharing that with, with my mother. I said, Mom, I, 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 uh, I won the election. And she heard a little bit of, heard a little bit of bragging in my voice because I made the observation, and I won by a landslide or a considerable margin. And she turned to me, and she said this to me. Let me right in the eye. She said, honey, I'm, I'm really proud of you, and that's really good. But listen to me, boy. And when she said that to me, I, <laughs> she said, listen to me, boy. Don't you ever forget where you came from. Don't forget where you, where you came from. Uh, you got this because you probably don't deserve it all. God gave it to you. You need to remember one of my favorite movies is Remember the Titans. And I love that scene near the end when it's coming to a climax of the movie. They're playing for the championship game there. And uh, um, they had won. They had been undefeated all season long. And here they're playing the championship game, and they're losing. And it's halftime, and it's in the locker room. And Coach Boone, that's uh, 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 the, 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 the character there, uh, Coach, Coach Boone is standing there, and he's trying to let the guys down easy, trying to let them down easy. Um, you know, and just say, you know, you can hold your heads up, you know, be proud, and you know how that language goes, and uh, you know, just don't, don't want them to be uh, crestfallen. And uh, then one of the linebackers, who's the leader of the team, said to him, uh, um, Coach, may I speak? He said, yeah. He said, we're not perfect. I'm not perfect. None of us on this team is perfect. But together, we are a perfect team. And we came in here having won every single game. We didn't lose. And if it's all right with you, Coach Boone, we intend to leave here the same way. The young man's memory triggered confidence. It triggered confidence. I love the, the text back in Deuteronomy chapter 8, and I'm going to have you turn there, if you would please. But in Deuteronomy chapter 8, God is preparing the children of Israel to enter into the promised land. They had wandered 40 years in the wilderness and uh, had had a, 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 just, just all kinds of issues and problems. It says God prepares them to walk into the promised land 
what is the lesson, what is the one thing that he tells them in Deuteronomy chapter 8? Actually, it's a one-word summary. He tells them to remember. 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 And he says, you're getting ready to walk into a land full of prosperity. I mean, it's, it's, it's just going to be wonderful. I mean, there's all kinds of things that's going to greet you there. Uh, you, won't, you won't need manna anymore. You won't, be, well, you, won't, you won't be just looking at the cloud and the pillar. You're going to stand there. You're going to have fertile soil. You're going to be prosperous and all of this stuff. But I want you to remember. I want you to remember. I want you to Remember. Remember. Many of us have been through wilderness experiences in 2016. We've had pain. We've had agony. We've had losses. There have been transitions in our lives. And God stands right here and says, oh, no, 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 don't forget, don't forget that. It's tempting to say, I'm glad that's over. No, don't, don't forget that. Uh-uh, don't you dare forget that. I want you to remember, and I want you to put that in your trophy case. Because when I bless you, you have to remember that I blessed you in the midst of affliction too. And that needs to root you. It needs to, it needs to be a foundation in your heart and life. And in your remembering, it will drain the arrogance out of you. In your remembering, it will take the entitlement away from you. And I want you to remember. And I just briefly want to comment, and here in the text, in verses 1 through 10, he says that there are four things, four lessons from the wilderness. God says, and I did, here, here are four lessons that I want you to remember. These are the four reasons why you wandered for 40 years. These are the four things that I wanted to drill inside of you. I wanted this to be a part of your, your makeup, a part of your character. I don't ever want you to forget this. I want this to be on your brag wall, your ego wall in your office, so to speak. When people come in, I want them to see these four lessons. When they meet you. I want them to feel these four lessons. And that's the whole purpose of this. I allowed you to be beaten up. I allowed you to go through deprivation and all kinds of things because I want you to remember these four things. The first thing he says is that I want you to remember how I led you. How I led you. Deuteronomy chapter 8 verse 1 says the The whole commandment that I command you today, you shall be careful to do that you may live and multiply and go in and possess the land that the Lord swore to give to your fathers. And you shall remember the whole way that the Lord your God has led you these 40 years in the wilderness. I don't want you to forget that. I don't want you to forget this. I I want you to remember how I led you. They got to park it there. They didn't know where they were going to go day to day. They didn't have a game plan. Here's the point. <laughs> to not know where you're going doesn't mean that God isn't leading you. Did you hear what I just said? No, you, you missed that. To not know where you're going does not mean that God isn't leading you. 
Be very careful. Some of us who are planners, who like goals and objectives, and we like to pert things out and map them out, sometimes our plans and goals can be short-sighted. God led them. He led them by a pillar of fire at night and a cloud by day. And they didn't know what they were going to do. They just looked up and they saw where that cloud was moving and where that pillar of fire was going, and they were meant to follow that. How I led you. And I think there's a subtle inference here, and that is that when you walk into this land, and there's no longer a pillar of cloud, uh, you know, cloud or, or fire leading you, there's no longer these dramatic things here, don't assume that it's okay for you to rely upon your own intellect and for you to rely upon your past experience and for you to rely upon, well, this is the best practice, this is how we make these decisions. No, you don't always rely upon me. You remember how you were dependent upon me? how you waited on me and how I led you, that's a permanent lesson. And just because you got a little bit of prosperity right now and there's no cloud, there's no pillar of fire and all this stuff, you, you, that doesn't mean you, you don't trust me. No, you trust me. You wait on me. You allow me to lead your life. One of the biggest problems with experience is that, and you've heard me say this here a ton of times, is that you can tend to trust your experience rather than the one who gave you the experience. It's not the experience that is transformative. It is the God of the experience that is transformative. You don't institutionalize a way in which God has led you and then trust in that process. No, you trust in the God that led you because he might change the process. See, I want you to remember when you walk into this promised land. Some of you this year, 2017, is going to be a banner year for you. It's going to be a year of great blessing. Some of you went through hell in 2016. Pain, struggles, tears. In 2017, you might see the other side of that. There'll be great joy, and you won't go through them, and you'll be tempted to forget that how God whispered in your ear during those dark moments and you didn't know what to do next and he told you what to do. I want you to remember how I led you. Secondly, he says, I want you to remember, this is the second lesson. You get ready to walk into this promised land here. Milk and honey, fertile soil, all this wonderful stuff, man. You're not wandering around. You're not nomads anymore. A little more predictability about your life now, huh? A little more settled, a little more stable. Put your roots down here. I want you to remember how I led you, but number two, I I want you to remember how I humbled you. Hmm. Verse 2 says, And you shall remember the whole way the Lord your God has led you these 40 years in the wilderness that he might humble you, testing you to know that what was in your heart, whether you would keep his commandments or not. And he humbled you and let you hunger and fed you with manna which you did not know, nor did your fathers know, that he might make you know that man does not live by bread alone, but, by, but man lives by every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. He humbled you. Now, I want you to notice the relationship between humility and testing. He humbled you by testing you. And if you know anything about the nation of Israel, ah, they didn't have a high GPA. (laughs) You know, they, they, 
They didn't do all that well on their ACT. I mean, it's just like, mm, they failed the test. You know, you can get theoretical about humility all you want to, but you can't be humble apart from failure. All right. You can't be humble apart from failure. Humiliation is necessary for true humility. And he's saying, look, 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 your greatest grounding thing is remember how you blew it. Remember the bad decisions you made, huh? Remember the bad choices that you made, right? Remember those wrong assumptions that you made, huh? I want you to remember, now you put that in the trophy case. Now you, you put that in front of the accolades. And when you walk into this land that's flowing with milk and honey, and you may not be tested as severely as you were in the wilderness, I want you to forever remember the sweetness of your failure and how I came and put you back together. You know, it's been my privilege to, uh, um, I, yeah, I don't want to, to, to meet some pretty successful people who are, who are believers. Some wonderful, godly people who are believers. Many of them, most of them are very humble. And so you look at their successes and you, and you, and you say, so, well, you know, you ought to be, you know, I mean, you ought to be kissing up. And people ought to be kissing up to you and you ought to be entitled and you ought to be. But when you get to know them, you know why they can handle the platform? You know why? You know why they can handle the accolades? You know, you know why they don't, they don't become head cases? You know why? You get close to them and you find out most of them had very embarrassing failures and humiliating experiences in their lives. And it created in them a gratitude and a healthy sense of distance They're not defined by the zeros in the platform because they remember the failures. They remember the failures. And some of you right now, you're beating yourself up because you messed up, because you failed. Hang in there. Hang in there. Trust me, there's going to come a time in your life where you're going to bless God for that. You're going to praise him for that. Now, not that you intentionally screw up, don't get me wrong, but you're going you're gonna to bless his name for it. You're going to bless his name that you were fired. You're going to bless his name that you, you had a failure in your life. You're going to bless his name that this adversity you had to face and it was terrible and it was embarrassing. You're going to bless his name for that. And that's what God was saying to them. Look, when you get into this land, I want you to remember, don't you forget. I remember how you cried. Remember, I want you to remember how I humbled you. Lessons from the wilderness. So, 
The first thing we need to remember is how I led you. Number two, you need to remember how I humbled you. Thirdly, you need to remember how I provided for you. And he reminds them here. You see, this provision, they were uncertain about, you know, would, would their stuff last them? You know, they left, they left Egypt. Some of them bought a bunch of stuff with them, but not a whole lot of clothes on their backs. They didn't have a whole lot of stuff. And there weren't roving markets and malls and people selling stuff there in the wilderness. And he says here in verse, uh, verse 4, he says, Your clothing these 40 years did not wear out on you. And your foot did not swell these 40 years. (laughs) Know then in your heart, as a man disciplines his son, so the Lord your God disciplines you. Your your clothes didn't wear out. And you're wearing the same stuff. Your feet didn't swell. I made it last. I took care of you. I met your needs. I provided for you. You know, somebody come by, want to say something, now you want to need some new shoes? No, no, I'm good. A little out of style, but I'm good. Your clothes, look at you, 40 years, you've been wearing this, I'm good. God provided for you. God met your needs. And here's the lesson. He's saying, are you going to go on this promised land now, and you're not, not going to be eating manna every day, and uh, you got more options, Okay. Uh, you know, you're going to prosper some more. You have a few shekels in your, in your bag. You'll be able to make a few choices. Here's the lesson. Whether in prosperity or in poverty, God is always the provider. And I don't want you to forget that. No, you don't take care of yourself. You do not take care of yourself. You don't. Not a one of us in here takes care of ourselves. If God would take his hand off of us, you do not take care of yourself. God takes care of us. He has provided for us. He has met our needs. And the same God that, that kept you standing all through 2016, oh, yeah, you may have had to make some lifestyle changes. Maybe you had to sell some assets off. Maybe you had to lower your life, all of that kind of stuff. But I don't see too many of us suffering from anorexia in here. God took care of us, and he continues to take care of us. He continues to meet our needs. And he says to them, look, when you go into this land, I don't want you to forget that. In fact, some of you need to draw a picture of manna and put it in a frame and put it, in, put it in your living room. You need to do that. And by the way, don't throw those wilderness clothes out. Don't throw those wilderness clothes out. Get them, get them, put it in a glass-encased frame. Yeah, that dress, those pants. Yeah, bronze those sandals, Jack. Hold them up there. Look at them. You know, it's not a bad thing. I mean, I remember the day, you remember you used to go into certain establishments and they'd be framed up there, the first dollar that was made? That's a good idea. Who took care of you? And he will continue to take care of you. And I want to encourage you this year. I know some of us here, we're struggling with stuff. There's stuff suspended in our hearts and minds and we're wondering how we're going to make it. 
Well, the same God that saw you this far, he's going to see you through. So remember. Remember how I led you. Remember how I humbled you. Hmm? Remember how I provided for you. But then fourthly, I want you to remember how I disciplined you. How I disciplined you. Uh, you got a few spankings along the way, right? Uh, y'all didn't act right. Again, verse 5 says, Know then in your heart that as a man disciplines his son, so the Lord your God disciplines you. What he's talking about here is that I want you to remember that there were consequences for your wrong choices and decisions. That there were consequences for your lack of faithfulness. And I want you to remember that. And I want you to remember that those consequences are a gift. They're a gift. I let you run into a wall. I stood back from you because I warned you, Crawford, time and time again, not to do that, not to do that, not to do that, not to do that. But you are bent on doing So I tell you what, now, you, you, you know, you got to learn the hard way. So I'm just going to step back and allow you to bam. You got it now? You need my help? Or you want to take another lap around Mount Sinai? Your hard head? I gave you the gift of consequences. I wanted you to know, no, 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 you don't do what you want to do. Mm-mm, 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 mm-mm. You don't, no, no, you don't rebrand what I told you. Mm-mm, mm-mm. You don't do that. You don't do that. You, you, don't, you, don't go, you don't go off and make assumptions about my will. Mm-mm. No. Mm-mm. You, you, don't, you don't do things without consulting me. Uh-uh. Mm-mm. No. No. And by the way, the reason why, the reason why it, it, it took you 40 years was because you didn't listen to me. And I don't want you to forget your consequences. Because although your condition might be different, I am the same. You don't get a pass because you're not struggling any longer. You don't get a pass. You, you, don't, you don't get the privilege of redefining what I said because you got more options now. You know, I, I, I want you to remember those consequences. And I forever want you to remember, yeah, I, I, I did that before and I didn't like how it felt when God stood back from me. Listen, the Bible teaches clearly the path to wisdom has to do with those who respond appropriately to consequences. That's all Proverbs is about. Path of wisdom, wise people are those folks who respond to consequences the right way. 
Conversely, folks who refuse to respond to consequences are what the Bible calls fools. Now, I didn't say that. That's the book of Proverbs. That's what a fool is. A fool is a person who keeps running into a brick wall thinking that somehow or another the wall's going to get softer. <laughs> it's a fool. And that's what, that's what he was saying. Hey, hey, man, I want you to remember how I disciplined you. And here's the bottom line. Here's the lesson. It's right here in the text. I want you to remember how I led you. I want you to remember how I humbled you. I want you to remember how I provided for you. And I want you to remember how I disciplined you for this reason. Verse 6 says, here's the reason. The two permanent lessons that I want you to have. So you will keep the commandments of the Lord your God by walking in his ways and fearing him. I led you, Crawford. I humbled you, buddy. I provided for you, and I disciplined you to lovingly restrict your motion and movement. That's right. I did it to lovingly focus you. that there's only one way to walk, and that's in my ways. And there's only one heart to have, one that fears me. And that's the reason why God does these things. I want you to walk in my ways, and I want you to fear me. And I want you to understand I'm not kidding, and I'm not fooling around, And this is no joke when I say I want you to walk in my ways. I want you to walk in my ways. I'm not playing with you. I'm not playing with you. This is not some cosmic game. I want you to get it. You were born to walk in my ways. And you were born to fear me. The idea of worshiping me and me alone. Why? Because I, I led you. Why? Because I taught you to depend on me always. Why? Because I provided for you. Why? Because I gave you consequences to frame your life. It's my prayer that as we step into 2017 this year, and we, 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 we don't know who holds the future. We don't know what diagnosis we're going to get this year. We don't know what news we're going to have this year. We don't know what's going to happen to any of us. You can write all your resolutions and goals all you want to, but God sits on his throne, and he controls everything that happens in our lives. And, um, and he's going to do whatever he needs to do. But my prayer is that we will, we will respond to God the way in which he wants us to respond. And we will remember these wilderness lessons and walk in them always. Amen? Amen. Let's stand together. And again, if you're here today, our greatest need is to know Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord. He's the one that empowers us to live this kind of life. 
He died on the cross in our place and for our sin, and all we have to do is say, Lord Jesus, I turn from my sin, and I trust you as my Savior and Lord. Father, thank you for the joy of knowing you, and thank you for your word. Thank you for your presence. Thank you for your power. Thank you, O God, that you have been good to us. As we look over our lives and we see how you have orchestrated, mm, how you have met us at every turn, how you have dried our eyes, how you've comforted our hearts, how you've raised up people to love us and walk with us, how you've strengthened us, how you have sustained us. We worship and praise you. Now, Father, may you fill our hearts with a sense of holy confidence. Although we don't know about the future, we know that you're the God of the future, you're the God of the present, and you're the God of the past. And although we don't know what will greet us, what will meet us, we know that all power is in your hands, and if we're in you, that power is available to us. Father, although we don't know how to decide about certain issues that are racking our minds and we need wisdom, we know that you're the God of all wisdom. So, Father, we have all that we need to face whatever comes our way. Keep us behind the cross and keep us, Lord, following hard after you. Thank you, Jesus, for yourself. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Blessings.